In regions of India, believers in Christ are persecuted by some of their Hindu neighbors. Brother Benny knows many of those Christ followers personally, and when they ask him to pray, they don't ask for an end to the suffering. They say, We are not praying for the persecution to go. That is a part of Christian life. Just pray that God will give us favor and help us to stand those opposition that we are facing, and we will have His mind, the mind of Christ in dealing with every situation. Jesus never promised His followers an easy path. In fact, He told His disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of His followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help right now on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton, and uh, we are having a special Safer at Home edition of Voice of the Martyrs Radio this week. Uh, I'm not in our studio in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. Instead, I'm at my house. Uh, Our guest is not in our studio either. He is at his home in Virginia And uh, we're going to talk about what God is doing specifically in India this week. Our audio quality may not be what you're used to, but the information will be. As we talk about God's work, as we talk about our persecuted brothers and sisters, our guest this week is Brother Benny. We're not going to use a last name for security reasons. He is a part of Alpha Ministries, working to spread the gospel in India and Burma and Nepal. Brother Benny, welcome back to Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you, Brother Todd. It's always good to talk to you, and I miss seeing you, as we often do through conferences. Brother Benny mentions our Voice of the Martyrs advanced conferences. Some of you who have been to the conferences may have met him. You may have heard him speak He speaks at many of the conferences, and uh, we've had to postpone several advanced conferences this spring, uh, but we're looking forward to the day that we can gather together again for more advanced conferences. If you're interested in those, vomadvance.com is the website. You can find out when we'll be coming to your area. Betty, let's talk about India, because uh, this is a country of over a billion people, And for 21 days, they have been on complete national lockdown. Everybody has been told, stay in your homes. What is life like right now in India? Life is always very difficult for the poor and working class people in India on a good day. So when this lockdown comes, and this lockdown had no warning, there was no time given for people. It just came upon them, and people were stuck where they are, couldn't move anywhere. For example, there are um, some of our pastors, their kids are in a boarding, Christian boarding school. Um, They were supposed to come back after the exams. They are stuck where they are at that school, and situation has become very bad. And not only um, people are stuck, but can you imagine India has a large floating population of migrant workers who have moved from villages to cities across state for work. And they estimate that it's about 400 million people. This whole group of migrant workers uh, suddenly have no income. These are like, uh, as we say, 
daily wage workers who earn their daily salary and survive. They are stuck where they are. We have seen pictures of them being in railway stations and bus stands, stranded without no help, no way to go. So these people are stranded. This morning, one of our pastors, uh, I was talking with him, and he said, there are 20 people stranded in a certain area, and they are from two different states. How can we take them back to their homes? Because there is no way they can travel. Every border of every state is locked. No one can travel from one state to another state. So the situation is very difficult for all these people. And those who have homes, and those who are fortunate to be in their homes, they are fine. Uh, but these poor uh, people, you know, this large population, they are suffering, and we need to pray for them. And I know many of those day laborers, like they get hired in the morning, they get paid at the end of the day, they go and buy their dinner for that night, and then they start again the next morning. It's not like they have a savings account to buy food during this lockdown. Are they... Is the government helping them, or are they just literally have nothing? I should say some areas they have some help. And this is, we are talking about millions. So not everybody is getting any help. But there are people who are helping in communities by, you know, food banks and things like that. They have their local charities they are helping. But most, I should say, 75% of these people are suffering. Many are trying to travel back by foot, maybe 200 kilometers, 300 kilometers back to their homes. And we have heard so many stories, brother. I mean, that last week I heard a story of a 12-year-old kid. She was walking back to her home, and about four kilometers away from her home, she died because the heat is so much, there is no water, and uh, the, no food, and she just fainted and she died. And her parents are in um, such great difficulty right now because it, it is a difficult period right there. No help at all. People are trying to make means to get back to their homes and, and their loved ones, and they are stranded. Uh, it is a difficult, difficult situation. Not only that, I mean, can you imagine, along with this, there is much fear and panic from people. For example, one Christian doctor who died and his friend took his body in an ambulance, a fellow doctor, to go and bury the body. And the mob um, got together and said, you cannot bury this body here because of COVID, because he died of COVID, um, coronavirus. And they beat up the uh, ambulance driver, they, uh, they manhandled the doctor and others, and finally uh, the police came in and they let him go back to the, another um, cemetery, and there he had him and some other people uh, had to dig a grave with their own shovel and they had to do that and then bury the body. So there is fear and that panic that is happening around with this lockdown. And, and it, it is a very sad and difficult situation there. Here at least we have the freedom to take our car and go to any place, but there it is not. The law enforcement is very strict because we have so many people right there. So it's a very difficult situation to explain uh, right there. And we need to pray for the people 
there in India, Burma, and even in Nepal. You know, we talked about the fact that it's difficult for everybody. The entire country is on lockdown. Uh, Are there ways where it is more difficult or it's handled differently by Christians? Or is it, are they equally affected, not worse, but not better than everyone else? I mean, I read a statement from a fellow um, pastor saying that sickness got no caste or creed. Uh, it gets to everybody. And when during this time, when believers are trying to reach out their neighbors and their loved ones, uh, they are finding difficulty from this grassroots fanatic people who wants to stop them because they are thinking these Christians are trying to bring food or help or do things to help these people who are in need. Uh, it is to convert them from their religion. And that is a big problem that we are facing from this fundamentalist who are taking everything to attack the Christian minority in that place. But the reason I'm sharing that is everybody is affected with this virus, but not many people have the heart to help others because of fear and things like that. But we are seeing believers doing their best. As soon as this situation happened, uh, our leadership made a statement to everyone saying that, you know, my dad used to always quote, uh, William Booth, the founder of Salvation Army, he had the statement that, you know, do something. When William Booth saw his uh, fellow uh, Londoners, uh, homeless people under the London Bridge, he told his son, do something. And they came up with this uh, plan to give so soup, soap, and salvation. And as a result of that, you know, thousands of people got blessed and uh, helped in that time when these homeless people and That's how that ministry started. And we as a ministry, we have that desire to help. So our leadership came up with saying that, I mean, I know the banks are closed. We we cannot transfer money. Situation is difficult. So we told all our pastors and leaders, frontline workers who are there, that if you can beg, beg. If you can borrow, borrow. If you can barter, barter things. And do something to help others. Uh, because life is short. Every day we have to do something that will outlive us for eternity. So do something, and you won't believe the response our pastors have done during this time by going and helping those people. I'm getting pictures after pictures of how they're feeding people who are going through town, walking through town. They are helping folks who are uh, stranded in certain places by going and giving them groceries and vegetables from their field and things. So our people are engaged in helping others. But during this time, there is a remnant of people who hate to see what we are doing. And they take it from the perspective of, you know, this is conversion. They're trying to love uh, these people and they're trying to convert them to Christianity. So we need to pray for those people because persecution is a part of our life. It is not going to go away. As God's people, we pray, and uh, God will open doors for us to be salt and light to these people who are in need right there. Uh, Just last week, the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom, sometimes we uh, abbreviate that USERF, they recommended that India be added to the State Department list of countries of particular concern. 
on the issue of religious freedom because of the persecution of religious minorities. Now, a lot of what the commission talked about in their report had to do with how Muslims are treated in India, but we know, and as you've already shared, Christians are also targeted. But let's talk a little bit about the changes in India, specifically toward Muslims, that led USERF to recommend what we call CPC, Countries of Particular Concern Status for India, Can you just kind of explain for our listeners some of the changes that have happened literally even in the last few months in how India's government treats Muslims? I mean, in um, 2019, around December, they had this new amendment called the Citizenship Amendment Bill that was passed in the parliament. And as a result of that, they were trying to do is exclude about 1.9 million of those Muslims and some Hindus in there who didn't have any citizenship paper. And uh, it is just targeting Muslims right now. Eventually, it will be all others that are in there. It will come. The main reason this bill is introduced is to make India a Hindu nation. Right now, they want to target Muslims. And later on, it will be all other religions. But this is a slow move they are trying to do into stopping other religions and make India and Hindu nations. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Brother Benny from Alpha Ministries. They are active in spreading the gospel in India and Burma and Nepal. Brother Benny, we've talked about the situation with coronavirus. We've talked about the lockdown that is happening in India right now. What are the biggest needs of the church in the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of the economic chaos? What are the biggest needs for the church right now? The need, the needs of the Indian church are the same as the church worldwide. Christians need to be about their father's business. COVID is not distancing our people, uh, but the technology is bringing people together. Uh, what I mean is uh, during this time, the when this, um, social distancing is happening there, uh, technology has brought many people together, and uh, we are hearing so many great stories of how people are. Uh, every home has a prayer service, and uh, and that prayer service is put on Facebook and other places, and people are seeing that, and they want to know more. People are calling pastors and asking for for prayer. People are uh, even wanting to know more about Christ during this time that is happening. But at the same time, we want you as believers to pray. That's the biggest need right there. Pray that this lockdown be lifted so there will be freedom for people to move and uh, that this crisis will not continue much longer there so those suffering will have um, and, and be able to travel back to their homes and their houses, that's the biggest thing. And we want you to pray for the plans that churches have already have. For example, as a ministry, we have um, gathered resources to help about 1,500 families. We are looking at 10,000. So when we do those things, we want God to give us freedom in that place to do that. So right now, one of the biggest need is to pray. And when, as you pray, God will open doors for the gospel to uh, continue in those areas uh, where everything is under lockdown. So 
we want you to pray for people who are there, who are under lockdown, and the pastors and leadership will have the freedom to share the gospel with others. We're talking with Brother Benny. He is a leader of Alpha Ministries. Benny, one of the things I often ask our guests who are working among Muslims is how we as American Christians can reach out to Muslims who live here in the U.S., who uh, at our workplace, at our school, in our neighborhoods. I want to ask you the same question about Hindus, because we know there are Hindus as well who are living here in the U.S. If, if our listeners have Hindu neighbors or friends or coworkers, can you kind of help unpack a little bit or, or just give us some keys as we think about reaching out to our Hindu friends with the hope of sharing the gospel of Christ with them? Just show the love of Christ. Invite them. Talk to them. Speak to them. As God's people, we have to be generous treating others. And I always remind people that when you invite them, treat them well, share uh, with them, that is going to attract and that is going to um, have this big question that, hey, why do you do this? For example, a few years ago, my friend was dropping me at Washington Dulles Airport. Uh, It's about four hours drive from my home. So we stopped and we were going to buy burgers and at the store while we ordered our burger and I, I reached out and gave my card to pay for that and my friend pushed me on the side and he said, no, don't take his money. His money is Indian money. And the cashier, he looked like Indian or Pakistani. So he was watching us fighting to pay for our uh, our burger. And finally, I let my friend pay. And as we were leaving, that guy called me and said, can I talk to you for a minute? I said, yes. He says, man, normally I have seen mother and sons. They come here. They pay Dutch. I only see when boyfriends and girlfriends come in, they pay for each other. What is, why this white man wants to pay your bill? I said, that's the love of Jesus Christ. And he was just surprised to see that, that happening in that place. So that, that, that is an example that we leave our hearts and hands open and love people, share the love of Christ. Evangelism is not a five-point sermon and a poem at the end. It is sharing the love of Jesus Christ what he has done in your life, just sharing your life and showing the compassion in action to others. And as you do that, they will be drawn to know more about Jesus Christ. And I've heard so many people in America and in England and other places, just because of that, they have given their life to Jesus Christ. So I encourage everyone to to do something every day that will outlive us for eternity. And that is by showing the love of Jesus Christ into others. I I love what you shared, Brother Benny. And it's interesting to me because it's very similar uh, to what many of our guests have talked about reaching out to Muslims. What does it look like? Well, it looks like have a cup of tea together, have fellowship, have a cup of coffee. It's not a a matter of having a, a degree in theology. It's a matter of just opening your heart seeing a need and reaching out and inviting fellowship with other people. And that's true when you're reaching out to Muslims. It's true when you're reaching out to Hindus. It's true when you're reaching out to just unbelievers that you know in your area. We're talking with Brother Benny. He is a leader of Alpha Ministries reaching out in India and Burma and Nepal with the gospel. Brother Benny, as we finish up, we always like to equip our Voice of the Martyrs radio listeners to pray how can we pray this week for India? We, we've talked a little bit about the coronavirus and the lockdown there. 
How can we pray specifically for India and not just for the country as a whole, but for the church there as well, our Christian brothers and sisters? Yes. I mean, earlier you were mentioning about Muslims. From April 23rd to May 23rd, it is Ramadan time right now. So I would ask all our listeners to pray for the Muslim world. And I often tell people prayer is not a last resort, but a loving promise from our Lord that he will hear us. And that's the first and foremost important thing that we as God's people should do. So please join us in praying for the suffering from this coronavirus and those who are ill and those who are trying to help those people. And during this time, we hear stories of a lot of people are experiencing anxiety and uh, there is uh, starvation and, uh, and because of this lockdown. So pray for that. And the, uh, this, um, the UN warns that millions could die in multiple famine of biblical proportion because of this pandemic. So please pray for that and pray for those in authority. You know, the Bible is very clear that uh, Paul says in First Timothy chapter 2 saying that we make supplication, prayer, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving for all people, including the prime minister, president, vice president, government authorities. Pray for the favor of uh, the government officials and the, the convicting power of the Holy Spirit to break strongholds of uh, many this uh, religious people and, and that they will come to the salvation of Jesus Christ, knowledge of him. That's what we have to pray as God's people. And prayer works miracles. So I know and I have experienced that. So I would encourage you to always pray. And during this time, this week, every morning at 7.15, uh, our people are praying all around India, Burma, and even in America here, praying for all these needs, those that are suffering. And pray for those who are persecuting the um, believers right there in India, that they will see the light and they will understand. We are not praying for the persecution to go. That is a part of Christian life. And uh, that's what the job description when God gives to Paul. He's saying that uh, he, uh, he's a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and children of Israel. And I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. So that is a part of us. So just pray that God will give us favor and uh, help us to stand those opposition that we are facing and we will have his mind the mind of Christ in dealing with every situation and his love will flow through in every situation and work and touch hearts and lives that is what our prayer is so pray for that uh, and pray for our families and frontline workers that God will strengthen them and those that are healing through internet and other means the gospel that um, the, that God will work in the life during this time. And our people, those pastors and leaders, as we were talking this morning, that they will get a chance to be um, a counselors and helpers during this time to comfort those people who are going through a difficult time. So pray for us and pray for us as a ministry. And the work that we are going to do um, in, as we shared earlier, uh, the soap, uh, soup, soap, and salvation work that we are going to do uh, that many will come to know Christ because of that. Amen. Brother Benny, it is always fun to get a chance to have conversation with you. I look forward to the next chance we'll have to be together at a VOM Advanced Conference. 
For our listeners, if you want to connect with Brother Benny, Alpha Ministries website is just alphaministries.com. We'll give you a link when you come to vomradio.net. You can listen to this conversation again. I would also encourage you to share it with your Christian friends. Invite them to listen to the podcast. Invite them to listen online and to pray with you for the nation of India and for the work of Alpha Ministries Brother Benny, thank you so much for sharing your heart. We pray blessings over you and your family and the ministry of Alpha Ministries, all the different frontline workers spread across all of those nations. May God bless and protect them this week. Thank you, brother, and thank you, VOM, for all that you are doing on the front lines for the glory of God. God bless you all. Thank you. You are welcome. It's been an honor to have you with us. And I want to thank you if you're listening this week. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. I hope you'll join us next week as we continue to talk about what God is accomplishing in in the midst of pandemic, in the midst of what's going on around the world. God's work is marching forward. And I want to encourage you with that thought and hope you'll join us again next week right here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.